Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So the science apparently was told about the funding ties between the NIH and the Wuhan Institute for Virology, or the WIV, as I like to call it. The NIH funding ties to the WIV. The science seemed to say at the beginning of the pandemic that that wasn't true. But now, thanks to an organization called U.S. Right to Know, usrtk.org, that submitted a Freedom of Information request and got a hold of a bunch of emails, apparently, science was told. Quote, Anthony Fauci, a.k.a. The Science, A leader of the U.S. response to the coronavirus pandemic and one of the most influential scientists in infectious disease research for decades knew in extraordinary detail the breadth and novel coronavirus research underway in Wuhan, China, within a month of the globe learning of the Wuhan novel coronavirus. No, novel. I just, I don't like saying novel because it sounds like I'm talking about a book, you know? Can we just say new? Can we say new? Can I just say the new coronavirus? Do I have to use novel? Do I have to use that? Anyway, Fauci had been informed by January of 2020 that his institute had funded the discovery and study of dozens of new coronaviruses at the WIV, including the closest cousin virus, to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. So there's there are two components. He knew about the funding and what the research was. And what the research was included the, quote, cousin virus. A new email obtained through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit confirms that privately, the science, a.k.a. Fauci, knew the magnitude of the coronavirus research going on at the coronavirus pandemic's epicenter, the WIV, even while publicly shrugging off suggestions that the pandemic began with a research accident, calling it conspiratorial. This apparent deception has held back the public's understanding of the matter and hindered independent investigations into the source of the worst pandemic in a century. All right, so according to the email, this is dated January 27, 2020, Fauci received talking points for a press availability that evening. An aide laid out in detail the research at the Wuhan lab funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the NIAID. 
And that is the institute that Tony Fauci steered for decades, becoming the most highly paid federal worker, right? Through the nonprofit, stop me if you've heard this before, Eco Health Alliance, as well as its president, Peter Dajak, or Dajak, and its contracted lab, the WIV, the NIAID had funded the discovery of not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Okay, I'm going to be doing that a while because they found, yeah, 52 new viruses that were related to SARS. And that is the species that the SARS-CoV-2 belongs to. These included the closest known relative of the new coronavirus that quickly spread around the globe. EcoHealth Group has for years been among the biggest players in coronavirus work, also in collaboration with, stop me if you've heard this one before, Ralph Barrick from our very own state of North Carolina up at UNC Chapel Hill. Ralph Barrick. So a name you're going to want to keep in mind, and not just because it's uh, kind of risking our FCC license, but the guy's name is Greg Folkers. That's, I'm going to make sure I pronounce it exactly like that every time. It's F-O-L-K-E-R-S, plural. Folkers. Okay, Fol- yeah, Folkers. Yeah, okay. With funding, oh, sorry, he was the one that wrote the email. He wrote the email saying, EcoHealth Group has for years been among the biggest players in coronavirus work, also in collaboration with Ralph Barrick, Ian Lipkin, and others. That was the email that Fauci got at the beginning of the pandemic, January 27th. So he was told about this, if he didn't know it before. But of course he knew it before. With funding from his institute, Virus Hunters had sampled more than 10,000 bats and about 2,000 other mammals whose species are not specified, according to Folkers. Research by University of North Carolina coronavirologist Ralph Barrick had found that some of these coronaviruses could bind to ACE2. That is a receptor. The ACE2 receptor. I've actually heard this term in some uh, big pharma ads. I I have the ACE2 inhibitor, I think, is one of the things I keep hearing. I have no idea what it does, what it inhibits, why it inhibits. I don't know if there are other ACEs, if there's one or three or five, whatever. But the ACE2 is a receptor on cells found in the lungs, the heart, and in blood vessels. And research by Ralph Barrick found that some of these new viruses could bind to those receptor cells. Okay. So a week after the science gets the email from Folkers, Fauci appears to express alarm at the possibility that SARS-CoV-2 arose through this method of this humanized mouse models. Stop me if you've heard this before. Do you remember that term? The humanized mouse models and the gain-of-function stuff? Remember Rand Paul, U.S. Senator Rand Paul, asking the science about this data, remember? And, he was, and, and the science was very adamant that, that that's not the case and that Rand Paul didn't know what he was talking about. But Fauci had been alerted by a group of scientists that the virus appeared, quote, 
inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. In other words, man-made. In other words, this does not look like something that would just naturally occur. So Fauci requested a group of virologists examine the data. The science asked for the data. Fauci assigned another aide. NIAID Deputy Director Hugh Auchincloss. 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 Huge Auchincloss. Whatever. Anyway, he he asked his assistant, hey, check into this. Go investigate any connections to the research with the NIH, National Institutes of Health. In his message to Auchincloss, he sent a link to a paper that was published in Nature. I mean, not like out in Nature. It's in the publication called Nature. So it was co-authored by Barrick. And it was mentioned in that January 27th email from Folkers. Barrick had shared mice-engineered uh, or he had sh- he had shared mice engineered to express ACE2, the receptor thing. He had shared that with the WIV. This technology was then shared more widely among scientists in China, which had apparently alarmed Barrick, according to other emails obtained through a Freedom of Information request. And privately, the virologists looking at the data were alarmed that the virus appeared, quote, locked and loaded, end quote, for the ACE2 receptor. No. Interesting. So you guys, you guys had all these concerns in the first month of the, of the pandemic year, 2020. You didn't say this stuff publicly. I wonder why. Oh, I just saw this. Um, speaking of the COVID, the White House is floating the possibility that Joe Biden may only participate virtually in next week's 9-11 commemoration. And they cite COVID for the reason. He had it last summer. And they're saying if he came down with COVID again, he would have to uh, skip the trip, which includes a stop in Vietnam and at a military base in Alaska to commemorate the 9-11 2001 attacks. They would not. The White House would not speculate about contingency plans if Biden could not make the trip. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said the administration had long experience from the early days of the administration in managing for situation in which COVID plays a role in summits. As you know, we've seen various leaders at various times participate virtually in events. So <clears throat> there's that. Because remember, Jill Biden. You call her Doctor Jill. Uh, she, uh, she's got the COVID. So did Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg got the COVID. I think she got boosted too. And, you know, honestly, like, this is why, like, there's, there, this is why I'm not, I'm not getting boosted. You can do it if you want. I'm not advising you not to. You should talk with your doctor. I talked with my doctor. She wanted me to get boosted. I said no. And then we had a lengthy discussion about it. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Um, but you talk with your doctor. You get your own advice. Privately, the virologists 
that started looking at the data in the uh, early days of the pandemic, they were alarmed. According to the emails obtained through a freedom of information request, they were alarmed that the virus appeared locked and loaded for the ACE2 receptor, which is in the lungs, the heart, and blood vessels. Quote, I'd be interested in the proposal of accidental lab passage in animals, said the then director of the National Institutes of Health, Francis Over the Rainbow Collins. You remember him? He was the guy that, upon retirement, busted out his guitar and sang a ditty about somewhere after the pandemic. He rewrote the words like Weird Al Yankovic does. Awful. Apparently, this guy would do this pretty frequently. He'd bust out the, the old six string for, uh, yeah, for like NIH uh, Zoom calls and, and webinars and you know town hall quarterly meetings and such. <laughs> this is, I got to tell you, this is one of those things where people who are in, like, a lot of times people, when they rise up really high and they're like the big boss of, of stuff, these large entities, you know, and they get this sense that, uh, that everything they say is, is awesome. And, and everything and everybody agrees with them and nobody pushes back on any of their stupidity. It's like the rambling story that guy told at the RNC convention. You remember that guy? He was a friend. He was a businessman. He was a friend of Donald Trump's. And he goes on and on about like some building or some deal that they had done. And he's just talking about, you know, look out for this little old lady with her piano or whatever it was. And he tells this story for like 15 minutes and there's no point to it whatsoever. And I'm like, there's a guy who has nobody around him to say, dude, your stories suck, right? I, on the other hand, I hear it all the time. So it keeps me grounded. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here. And this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, yeah, this is a song where the tune will be familiar to you, unless you came from another planet recently. But the words are going to be quite different, because this is really a song for you, a song for all of us who've been going through this pandemic and trying to imagine how's it going to feel when we're finally past that. What will that be like? We're going to get there, and you're going to help us get there. So that's what this is about. Somewhere past the pandemic When we're free There's a life I remember Full of activity Somewhere past the pandemic, masks will come off. I don't believe you. 
No more need for a nose swab every time we cough. As we are gathered here today, COVID's toll has hit and sent us reeling. But partners like the ones right here will help to make the pathway clear to find a true healing. He found it. He got there. Past the pandemic, life will resume. We'll all complain about the traffic. Forgetting how we hated Zoom. Okay, that's enough. That's Francis Collins, everybody. Did you know that he was such a songwriter and musician? When he's not running the NIH, well, he's not anymore. When he's not running the NIH and sending emails to people to try to get doctors, you know, blacklisted for questioning the science and data, he's, uh, yeah, he's... He's rewriting lyrics to show tunes. Francis Collins. He was in the initial email chain back in 2020 among Dr. Tony, the science Fauci and others. And um, he said, I would be interested in the proposal of accidental lab passage in animals. Which ones? Oh, I'd be interested in the proposal about an accidental lab passage in animals. That's the zoonotic, right? That's the zoonotic, not the man-made, not the uh, escape from a lab thing. Fauci, eight days later, put, this is what he said, two question marks, he had question mark, question mark, and then serial passage in ACE2 mice. Fauci met with Ralph Barrick, from UNC, a few days later on February 11th about engineered viruses. Publicly, Fauci and other critics of the lab leak theory have downplayed the significance of the virus emerging from the city where this coronavirus research was being conducted, pointing to the fact that there are other virology labs in China. Look, China has a whole bunch of, you know, uh, of uh, virology labs uh, they're supposed to be level four. They're doing level four work, but they're, you know, not they got lab leaks occurring all the time in some of these places. They're they're not up to the standards, you know, of a of a level four. They're at like level two, really, whatever. But they got them all over the place. Just because there's this one, you know, lab in Wuhan where the first reported cases of this new virus emerged, and it just happened to be very similar to the the bat. Viruses that they were researching at the Wuhan lab. It doesn't mean it came from the Wuhan lab. That could have come from any lab in China. Come on. Oh, wait. Hang on. Yeah, I don't think that actually is making the case they think it's making. The email also points to a connection between the NIH that Francis Collins was running when he wasn't making up these songs and the closest cousin to the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the closest cousin is called RATG13, which I don't even understand how that could be close to SARS-CoV-2. There's like not even a similar letter. Or I guess there's an A. They share an A. I don't know how they would be cousins. 
the RATG13, or the RAT G13, as I like to call it. The, uh, the new email states that the bat virus discovered with the help of the NIH is 92% similar to SARS-CoV-2, while the RAT G13 is 96% similar across its genome. It's not clear whether this is a mistake or refers to a different virus. But here's the problem is that China, in you know a, a desperate act of transparency, they went and uh, they corrupted a whole bunch of files, like with a cloth. They wiped it. So there's a bunch of missing data. They went, I, went, I covered this a couple of months ago, right, that when the military started getting involved, the, the reporting, because they've got like this big database and all of the, these virus handlers, they're all like, hey, let's, uh, let's share what we learned so this way we can wipe out the planet, you know, real efficient-like. And, um, and so they start piling all of this stuff into their databases. And, oh, lo and behold, the WIV goes radio silent at some point, just coincidentally, when the military started staffing up at the WIV. I'm sure it's nothing. It is clear that a preprint publication authored by the WIV's bat lady, that's what they called her. She's a senior scientist named Shi Zhengli. And she did this paper about the similarity between SARS-CoV-2 and the bat virus it discovered, rat G13. You know when that published? January 24th, 2020. Three days before this email chain. It set off major alarm bells among the leaders of the NIH. An email previously reported by U.S. Right to Know, which is the nonprofit that filed the Freedom of Information Act lawsuit to get at these emails. The email previously reported by U.S. Right to Know indicates that Francis Collins, when he's not singing, and Tony the Science Fauci were concerned in February of 2020 about whether NIH could be traced to the Wuhan Institute of Virology's Bat Lady and her research shortly after she published the preprint about Rat G13. Quote, note strongest similarity of 2009 NCOV to bat COV rat G13. Obviously, the details of that comparison will be critical, Collins wrote to Fauci on February 1st. No evidence this work was supported by NIH. In fact, NIH had supported the work, according to public papers and the January 27th email to Fauci. But it took online sleuths to uncover the provenance of this close cousin virus to SARS-CoV-2 discovered with NIH help. These are online people that have found these connections. These are nonprofit. These are citizen journalists. These are people doing what the major media, corporate media, will not do. Then there's another one, David M., which is possibly a reference to Fauci's senior advisor, David Morins. Morins came under congressional scrutiny earlier this year when emails obtained through a congressional subpoena showed that he was in communication with Peter Dejak, EcoHealth Alliance guy, about pushing back on stories in the press about the lab leak theory. This David M. Mor- David Morins, uh, Morin, sorry. Because he was apparently the source for the information in Fauci's January 27th email. 
And this was also the guy that was running point on the hit jobs against scientists that were like, what are you kidding me? This is a lab leak. When the scientists did, you know, they, they, they started tracing this thing back because, you know, you get put on lockdown and you're like, well, you know, I'm not doing anything else. I've already cleared, you know, all the levels of Donkey Kong. So I might as well just start, you know, taking a look at the origins of this thing that has locked down the planet. And holy smokes, I actually know how to interpret this data. And this obviously came from a man-made source. And so what do these guys do in the NIH and NIAD? They start saying, we need to sue these bleeps for slander. We need to call them conspiracy theorists, get them blacklisted. And that's what they did, a.k.a. the Great Barrington Declaration. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Got an email to Pete at the com from John, who says, For the last two years or so, people have been calling for China to be held financially accountable for all the financial losses due to COVID. However, with more and more evidence pointing out that Fauci and the government departments he ran were involved in creating covid Would the U.S. be a target now for all of the rest of the countries for the losses that they suffered? I suspect there's a bit of defensive PR work going on, a.k.a. damage control, right? Do you think people would start demanding payments from America? Dare I call it reparations of a sort? People were calling for it against China. I've been calling for it against China, and now, oh, we were involved in it too. I don't know what I was thinking. Why wouldn't we be involved? Come on now. Well, I thought, I thought surely we wouldn't be doing this, you know, with the commies over in commie land. I mean, that's just asinine. Why would you do such a thing? But I once again underestimate the level of dumbassery that exists in American government. That is totally my bad. Totally my bad. One of the things that came out of the pandemic, though, was uh, a clearer focus on how screwed up North Carolina's Emergency Management Act has been. And Governor Cooper, my good friend Ray, he used the ambiguity of that statute to the fullest extent he could. He kept us under an emergency declaration for longer than almost every other state in America. He used it to issue broad authoritarian edicts. And uh, he targeted certain industries. He gave preferences to others. 
and a lawsuit that has been winding its way through the courts for a while now. We've got some, we got some action on it. A split state court of appeals panel. Okay, so you got, you got the big court of appeals. There's like, I think, is it 10 or 15? I forget how many. <clears throat> but there's a bunch of these court of appeals judges. And then they break off into these three judge panels. And um, I think they kind of rotate around. I don't know if it's just completely random or what. But um, the three judges, they gather, they hear some cases. It's just a panel. And then you can appeal after that. Uh, you can go to the full court of appeals, or uh, I think they call that en banc. It's from France. Um, and then the next one, obviously, up to the state Supreme Court. So this was a court of appeals panel, three judges, two Republicans, one Democrat. And they split, and it was along party lines. They split on whether or not bar owners in North Carolina can move forward with a lawsuit. It's not even about the merits of the lawsuit at this point. It's just, can you proceed? They're challenging Governor Roy Cooper's shutdown of their operations during the pandemic. Part of the suit already has been transferred to a three-judge trial court panel. That panel is going to deal with the bar owners' claims that the state's Emergency Management Act used to justify the governor's COVID shutdown was unconstitutional. The appeals court affirmed a lower court's uh, decision allowing the rest of the case to go forward, too. The governor's orders violated the bar owner's constitutional right to earn a living, they say. The plaintiffs have a fundamental right to earn a living from the operation of their respective bar businesses. The constitutional right to produce a living from the income of one's business is a protected right under the Fruits of Labor Clause. And where the state, where Cooper's going to run into problems here is that he allowed distilleries and breweries to stay open and vineyards, but not bars. (laughs) 